0: Like all navigational tools in the 21st century, I fit right in your pocket. I'm a life coach in your pocket. Happy listening. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Life Coach in Your Pocket with me, your certified life coach, Rachel Bailey. And today I have a really special guest. I'm so excited to welcome Vashti Serena. So Vashti, I'm just gonna introduce her a little bit. So Vashti and I actually met a few years ago at the local ice skating rink where I was a figure skating instructor and she was the hockey administrative assistant. And we just kind of got to know each other and we became kind of coworker friends, colleagues with a friendly relationship. And then we really got to know each other over the last few years and Vashti became a client of mine. She is a mom of three boys, and she works part-time as an event and digital media coordinator at San Francisco Bay Coffee. She lives locally in Lincoln, and she definitely wanted everyone to know that she is a coffee connoisseur. <laughs> Amateur. <laughs> Amateur. <laughs> Yay. Well, thanks, Fashti. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited. <laughs> I'm so glad you're excited, and I'm So glad that you're going to bring a different perspective, which I'm really excited about, which is just kind of being a client and your own experience with life coaching and what what it's done for you and for your family. So as we get to know you a little bit, I'd love for you to just share about your family dynamic and what it was like for you
1: growing up. Okay. So pretty much growing up, Anytime somebody asks me about my family, I say, we put the fun in dysfunctional, (laughs) to put it lightly. (laughs) Uh, And another little, so I grew up in a dysfunctional family. There was a lot of back and forth with uh, child protective services. I was in foster care. I was reunited with my family, you know, alcoholism, substance abuse. I was pretty I'm pretty much the only one in my family that does not have a criminal record. Wow. Um, And luckily, a lot of my family has recovered from from those strongholds. Um, But I feel like I was able to break the cycle uh, growing up just in different ways. You know, I was lucky enough to not be torn down by drugs and alcohol. I actually think what saved me was being a teen parent. Um, You know, I got pregnant at a young age, unfortunately. Well, fortunate now. I love my son, of course. Um, But I think that did save me because I really had to look at my life and then look at my son's life and say, I really, I don't want my son to go through the same thing that I went through. Like something has to change.
0: Absolutely. How old were you when you were a teen mom? I'm 16. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's really very young. So before that happened, I mean, what was that like for you as a kid kind of growing up in that unrest and chaos?
1: Looking back now, I had anxiety as a child and I didn't know it. I remember feelings of just a pit in my stomach and feeling sick whenever my parents were fighting, but I didn't realize that it was anxiety. I was just, I'm sick again. Why do I get sick every time my parents fight?
0: Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And then what was that like in transitioning into being a parent? Did that anxiety go away? Was it a
1: struggle? Um. I think anxiety gets worse when, you, when you're when you a parent because it's no longer just your life that you're anxious about. Um, but I was able to kind of separate myself a little bit from those feelings of anxiety. Um, I was able to get into therapy, thankfully, um, and realize that it was anxiety. And then eventually, venture into life coaching, which helped me release even more anxiety. And mm-hmm. now I like to say I'm anxiety free. Yeah. Woo-hoo! Yeah. It's a great feeling. <laughs> and I, it's a great feeling to have lack of feelings. No?
0: <laughs> lack of negative. Yeah. True. Oh, that's, I mean, I'm so happy for you. Obviously you've come so far and I'm so honored that I got to play a part of that role or a part in your journey. Um, but tell us a little bit more about um, where's your family at now? How are they doing? How are you doing in
1: relationships with them? I think my mom and I are in an amazing place. My family's all still pretty local, minus one family member uh, who's, you know, a few hours away. Mm-hmm. And the we actually, this past Thanksgiving was the first time we were all together or I'm sorry two thanksgivings ago because 2020 was like not <laughs> a, a year kid, it was not a year <laughs> two thanksgivings ago. it was the first time we were reunited in about seven years um but we're also local me and my mom have an, a fantastic relationship now there was a time in my life where I had to completely disconnect from her mm. because I I realized that there comes a point in your life where you can't blame other people for, for things that have happened.
0: Right.
1: Um, so you're responsible for your own choices. So I did have to make the choice to um, remove her from my life. But once she was able to get help and get free of her struggles, then, you know, I think we've never been closer. We talk almost every day. Wow. I'm still close with my little sister. Yeah. I'm close. I talk to my whole family. Yeah. You know, one of my brothers, we don't talk as much, but we still love each other. We let each other know as long as we talk on Thanksgiving or Christmas about once a year, I told him (laughs) minimum once a year, you got to shoot me a text. (laughs) I love that.
0: That's so great. What has life coaching given you and your relationship with your husband well take us back to before life coaching what was the dynamic like for you in that relationship before
1: I think what we were kind of in this cycle of things are going great I love you so much and then something would happen and we were like oh we're here again this isn't Like, what's going on? Are you happy? I want you to be happy. I want to be happy. Like, why are we fighting again? Why do we keep having the same fight? Oh, okay, we worked it out. We're doing good again. And then something happens, we're not good again. And it was just this constant cycle. It felt almost like every three months having Mm. the same argument. And for we've been married now nearly seven years um so for about 6 years it was just this constant cycle of doing okay not doing okay doing okay not doing okay and mm-hmm. at, there came a point where i was like this is insane like we <laughs> we need to change it yeah. what we're doing
0: yeah well I mean, I've been in those relationship dynamics before where it's like, are we going to have the same exact fight again? And I already know how this fight's going to go. I know what you're going to say. I know what I'm going to say. Like I have the whole thing figured out. And yet it's almost like a freight train where you you feel like you can't stop it. You're just like, oh, here we go. We're getting on board to have the same fight again. Um, What was that like for you emotionally? Kind of just knowing that you were on this track
1: it's super draining Mm -hmm. Uh, you feel well I personally felt defeated every single time Mm -hmm. I didn't understand like I kept telling myself like this isn't what I chose for my life I love him so much but we keep having this fight like what needs to change in order for us to not have this fight because honestly it it wasn't even like a big deal, you know, it was yeah. one of those things that just kind of, it, it would like, it just festered and then we didn't um, take care of it. So then eventually it opened up and it just exploded again. Like, yeah. okay, something really has to change. I don't understand. Um, do we need to go to counseling? Can we go to counseling? Can we? And of course the pre-marital counseling that we got was not great (laughs) a really bad taste I think in both of our mouths were like yeah counseling totally is gonna help us get through this one issue I feel like we can help each other on this
0: yeah absolutely so what were the things I mean because I've seen your transformation in the different events that we've had where you've been you've come and you've been a client at different events and you've been a a client a one-on-one client of mine and you've taken some of my classes what were some of the things that made the biggest transformation for you, specifically in your relationship?
1: Um, and not just, I think one of the biggest things is my the one three four aspect of communication.
0: Yes. Okay. So you're talking about, and I did do an episode on this called picking up toothpicks or something toothpicks. Do you remember what what was the name of that episode where I talked about catching toothpicks and communication? Oh, I think I just called it communication. So what you're referring to is called the communication model. And 134 bits of information is all our brain can process at one time. Whereas how much bits of information are coming at us, anywhere from 2 billion bits of information to 11 billion bits of information, just depending on what we're surrounded by. And of those bits of information, we're only grasping 134. So I think that's the concept that you're talking about. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so um, how has that supported you?
1: Um, I've been able to go to a different person Mm -hmm. so went to my husband, and I gave him this model of communication,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and he kind of was like, okay, (laughs) right, whatever, because I kept telling him, I said, the meaning of your communication is the response you get, he's like, okay,
0: yeah, right,
1: (laughs) and yeah, about a year ago, you know, we had the same fight, and I finally Kind of threw my hands down, up or down. I just remember like imagining throwing my hand on the bed. <laughs> and I'm like, look, this is insane. Something has got to change. And I need you to understand I'm saying something different. So we're no longer stonewalling. Like that is not an aspect of our relationship that will exist anymore. Mm-hmm. And so we sat there, I don't know for how long, and we just kind of kept it was, you know, it's almost like we were repeating ourselves, but we would change maybe a word or two and we we'll finally be like, okay, I get it. I get what you're saying. Yes. Oh my gosh, you get what I'm saying? Like relief. Yeah. And so we've had a year to kind of practice this model of communication. And now we almost kind of laugh about it. <laughs> um, almost in a sarcastic tone. Yes. Yeah. And, um, and it's, it's just, it's come in handy so much and i i really feel like i credit that to really having a strong relationship with my husband now yeah um but i've used it in all different aspects of life you know even with my son he he'll call it an excuse but i t- I said no it's science <laughs> um what did he call an excuse that you were saying 134 there yes <laughs> we had some packets of hot chocolate yeah. And so I had two of these hot chocolate packets. I make hot chocolate. He asks me if he can have some hot chocolate. And I said, Oh yeah. And he's like, okay, what can I use for the powder? I only have marshmallows. And he said, Oh no, it's in the packet. It's just marshmallow lover kind. And I'm in the other room. I think I was feeding my youngest son, who's five months. <laughs> so I'm I'm like, it just trust me, just open the packet. He's like, No, mom, it says marshmallows. I said, Yes, marshmallow lovers. Just just open it up. Trust me. It's, it's hot chocolate. And he's like, okay, mom. So he opens it up and it was marshmallows, only
0: marshmallows,
1: only marshmallows, (laughs) no chocolate powder mix. And I, I felt, I said, Kaden, I apologize. I did not understand totally what you were saying. 134. 134. And he's like, what 134 so I explained the whole toothpick thing and I kind of like how it just got lost in communication and he's like oh that's a good excuse mom <laughs> I said no it's not an excuse it's science <laughs> but Hashtag science yeah and so I had him when I was 16 so he's gonna be 13 in April so we're definitely like on the puberty track right now and, <laughs> you know hormones anger <laughs> sadness <laughs> Fear hurt, guilt.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So you've taught this to your family, 134. Yes.
1: Yes. Um, I, uh, I think I even use it with my sister. I, yeah. Even just responding different to people who are in your life. Yeah. And, you know, I decided to respond different in different situations. And when you respond different you get a different response and it almost floors you because you're so amazed by the response you get. Yeah. Cause it's completely different than what you normally get.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm laughing because I've done this. I, so I learned this and then I taught it to my family and then I started responding differently to my dad because my dad and I used to have this, I don't even know, like, I get mad at him, and then he'd get mad at me, and then we're just mad at each other, and it's like, well, you, da-da-da, you, da-da-da-da, that was, like, every conversation, yeah, and now it's just like, oh, dad, like, I just try something new, like, oh, dad, you're being so goofy, or you're being so silly, (laughs) or I love you, and can you please, you know, Mm -hmm. give me some space right now, and it's just changed, when you respond differently, you get a different response, yes. it sounds so simple, but it's like, try it and practice it yes. because it's
1: magic. Yes. It's- I try to tell that to I pretty much anybody that comes to me and complains about someone or something that might be disrupting their life. Yeah. And I say, well, have you tried responding different than you normally would? <laughs> and they're like, what do you mean? <laughs> and so I tell them, a, I tell them the story of when I responded different to my little sister
0: yeah
1: um long story short yeah I'm like we gotta hear the story yeah (laughs) well (laughs) what story I basically invaded her privacy and created some drama for her and she texted me I thought we were cool I kind of came clean to her I said hey man this happened and then it took a couple hours later, I got a text from her, and she's like, "You ruined my life. I want nothing to do with you. You know, mm-hmm. just think like, little sister, totally mad at you, <laughs> like when you're." And so I get this text, and I'm super mad because, yes, I invaded her privacy, but I was worried for her, you know, yeah, kind of all the typical defense mechanisms to take the pressure off of me. So I almost responded with, you know, well, you shouldn't have done this. And this is, this is really your fault. Mm -hmm. Um, And I kind of, I just decided to take a beat. And I thought, well, really, you're the one who invaded her privacy. This is none of your business. Mm. And I just completely owned up to everything. And I said, you know what, I'm really sorry that you're, so upset right now because this is not what I want for our relationship I am really sorry I invaded your privacy I have for sure learned my lesson I will not do it again and I do hope that you have it in your heart to forgive me since we are sisters and I I felt like I was taking a big risk I was kind of gritting my teeth like how is she going to respond and she said I forgive you and I love you. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> she doesn't just do that. Yeah. <laughs> she does now actually. So yeah. <laughs> but it was it was kind of like a an eye opening moment. Like this really works. Like yeah. these are things that work in life. You can take these small um tools. Yes small tools and apply them in almost every area of your life and really see big changes.
0: Yeah. That's so powerful and that's definitely something that I want you know, that's my heart and my mission and my passion in life is take what you can, like everything else that I'm saying that I've ever said on a podcast where you're like whatever. It's like, okay, but take what you can and apply what you can and see your life shift. So I one other thing I wanted to ask you, Vashi, was you came to a live event that was two years July ago? of twenty nineteen, I believe. Okay, July yeah. of, so it was way <laughs> before COVID. So different time. Yeah. <laughs> we were allowed to have events and in person life coaching events, which I miss so much. Yeah, it's, can we get back to those? Please? Yeah, <laughs> I miss them so much. They're like my heart and soul. Doing these in person events, so just to give people an idea of what this is, is I invite, whether they're, they're former clients or clients that are already taking from me, or they're just people that just want to come to the event. You just get a room full of people or an Airbnb full of people in, in the room. And it's kind of like four days intensive of life coaching with a group of people um, that you can learn from and grow from and. That experience for me as the coach, it's always interesting because I see people shift and see people grow, but only in the context and presence of that four-day retreat. So then when they leave the retreats, I'm hoping that they have life transformation, but I don't necessarily know unless they are a client that is going to continue to tell me about their transformation. So I kind of wanted to ask you, what was that experience like through your eyes
1: being the client? One of the first memories I have of going to the retreat is standing in my kitchen in front of my refrigerator and I'm on the phone with you and I am completely filled with fear and anxiety I
0: remember of that. going.
1: I am so scared to go because I don't know what's going to be there. I'm not going to know these people. I already have anxiety. It's going to be overnight. Nighttime is like a huge anxiety time for me. And you knew I had to be there. You're like, what price would you put on this? And I'm like, I cannot put a price on releasing anxiety, but I know I need to be there, but I'm so scared. How can I get there? And you let me bring someone with me. Mm -hmm. Um, let me bring my aunt with me. And I thought that was a perfect person. And so I go to this event and, you know, it is, it is intense. (laughs) You're, it's, you're drained like the first day because you're becoming aware of all of these like things that you didn't even know. Yeah. And, um, and then you do the work and then, then you release (laughs) all of these, these things or this one big thing. And for me, I released anxiety,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that sounds like such like to somebody who isn't aware of everything that like therapy can, NLP therapy can do. It sounds like no, that's impossible. You don't just release anxiety. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> no, you do just like release anxiety. And I drove home from the retreat, and it was nighttime, and I didn't care because mm-hmm. driving at night used to be a huge trigger for me. I, mem- I have memories of gripping the steering wheel, just being like, okay, we're almost there. Okay. We're almost there. Okay. I passed that sign. I'm getting there. I'm closer. One more sign. And I drove home and it was just this release of a oh, weight off of your chest. Yeah. And even to this day, I drive at night and I'm like, huh, I'm driving at night. And I don't <laughs> care.
0: <laughs> yes. Okay. So for people that have never experienced anxiety. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: They might not know, they might not feel how debilitating it can be. But I've suffered from anxiety before I had NLP and you've suffered from anxiety before. And what I want people to understand about anxiety is you cannot control it. You, you know, rationally you shouldn't be scared, but there's no way to turn it off. It's like an electric current that you just Don't have access to turn off. And it's like all the time. I remember before I released anxiety, I'd be at work and the smallest thing could trigger me. And then it's like I'm running this story in my head that I cannot shut off. Like, oh my gosh, that person's mad at me. Oh my gosh, how am I going to fix that? Oh my gosh, what if I get in trouble? Oh my gosh. And you can't turn it off. It's like this white noise all the time. It's like this heavy jacket. And when you finally silence that, And you finally get to take the jacket off, it's like, I can breathe. I didn't even know I was suffocating and now I can breathe.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think a lot of people also don't realize is that what they call an overthinker, like Mm -hmm. that can be anxiety. So I remember I would have a conversation with people at work, and then I would go home and I'm in the shower obsessing over a conversation, Mm -hmm. thinking that I said something to offend them they're mad at me they think I'm not competent like mm-hmm. oh I can't wait until tomorrow like I can go make sure everything's smoothed over and then you know I would see them they're kind of like what are you talking about <laughs> what I don't yeah. even remember our conversation yesterday <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah. yes
0: I remember having those exact same conversations especially if it was with my my boss or anybody that for me that I saw as being an authority figure, if I thought they were mad at me, I like, it would bother me until I could see them again and Mm -hmm. be like, okay, it's fine. And just living your life like that is not living. You can't, there's no room in your brain to live when you're so bogged down with what if. Yes. Yeah.
1: The what if is such a huge, I mean, that's Basically, what anxiety is. Yes. <laughs> it's a big what if. Yes, exactly. Following you around like a <laughs> rain cloud.
0: Yes, yes. So, and then I re- I'll i never forget. Do you want to tell them about the hashtag
1: that we, oh that you made up? <laughs> we made the hashtag. It's hashtag weird, which, <laughs> because it's so weird, but in a good way to release something as big as anxiety. Um, I actually released this anxiety with your, with Jen, Mm -hmm. would you call your coworker and your partner? My business partner. Yeah. Jen. And so, you know, before I get in the chair, which is a good chair, (laughs) (laughs) the change chair, we call call it chair. Yeah. I'm so scared to get, I'm so scared. And so everyone kind of is like, you know, grab your, Intuition, it's been so long. Yeah, intuition. Um, and so finally get into the change chair. Your eyes are closed. <laughs> you're listening to what they're saying. It's almost like you're not there, but you're there. And, and I promise, if anyone ever does this, if you don't know, don't be scared. <laughs> Try not to be. It's a good thing. Yeah, Vashti's explaining timeline therapy. Yeah, sorry. The way. No, that's okay. <laughs> I'm like, what is this chair? I you sit in with your eyes closed. It's timeline <laughs> therapy. And so I opened my eyes after releasing this anxiety and after we had made sure the anxiety was gone and you asked me, how do you feel? Mm -hmm. And I said, I feel weird, (laughs) but good. Like, it's just so weird to not have this anxiety. Like, it's just weird, but good. (laughs) And so now, you know, I have released some other negative emotions with you, one of them being guilt. And it's just. You know, you have something with you for so long, it honestly is weird to no longer have it, but to mm-hmm. also not have a negative emotion around it not being there right. anymore. Right.
0: Yeah, you did release guilt with me. What, so before you released guilt, mm-hmm. what was that like to carry around all the time?
1: Uh, okay. So, you know, as we shared, I'm a mom of three boys. Mm-hmm. And they're, all, they're 12, 5, and 5 months, so I put a lot of faith in between those kids, and <laughs> it wasn't necessarily on purpose. My third child was also an accident, um, so three boys is a lot. Love them, but three boys working, working from home mm-hmm. with distance learning, um, having a husband who works nights, so they don't have him for help. So I had this constant need to always be doing something, whether I was cooking dinner for my husband, cleaning the house so I felt okay, making sure I was playing with the boys so they all had attention because I just had a baby. So whenever I would sit down to rest, Mm -hmm. I felt guilty Mm -hmm. because I wasn't accomplishing anything in my mind. I wasn't accomplishing something. I shouldn't be sitting And so I was tired and bogged down with guilt. Yeah.
0: That mommy guilt Mm -hmm. We talk about. I mean, I'm not a mom yet. I have struggled with guilt and it's, yeah, you are like, I don't know how to not feel guilty no matter what I'm doing. Because when I am cleaning the house, I could be with the boys. Mm -hmm. When I'm with the boys, I could be cooking or working on my business.
1: So it's like this
0: constant, you just feel pulled in a million directions. Mm -hmm. And I remember one of our coaching conversations, it came up because something you were saying, just like a light bulb went off in my head. Like it wasn't making sense in my brain, what you were saying. You're like, well, I can't do that. I'll feel bad. I'll feel bad. I'm like, feel bad. What do you feel bad about? Like it didn't make (laughs) any sense to me. So I was like, oh, you're struggling with guilt and Mm -hmm. how often are you struggling with guilt? And do you remember what you said?
1: I don't think so. I mean, it's okay. You don't, yeah, if you released it. <laughs> when you release something, it's, it's gone. gone.
0: You were like every day,
1: all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's actually funny because I tear up a little now, but I think it's a positive because yeah. I'm so happy that I don't feel that way anymore. Yes. But now that you say that, yeah. Yeah. How often do you feel guilty? Every day, all day, <laughs>
0: <laughs> all day, every day. And then I was like, okay, we really, I was like, I don't even care. We're releasing this right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what has your life been like on the other side, having released it?
1: It's freedom. I feel whenever you release a negative emotion or a trauma, you you have freedom. And so I can sit on my couch now and I'm like, okay, like this is good. Yeah, the house is messy, but you know what? Like I need the rest. Mm-hmm. The rest so that I have the energy to play with my boys later on. Or, mm-hmm. you know, when I go to bed and I leave my the the kitchen is dirty. The kitchen's yeah. always dirty. I mean, I do clean it, but if if I go to bed and leave something dirty, it's the kitchen. <laughs> so I text my husband and I'm like, oh, just let you know, kitchen's messy. And he's like, Good, like go to bed. Yeah. And so it's just like he would say that. And I would still feel guilty, but now I'm just like, I'm going to bed. (laughs) Going to bed. That's right. (laughs) We're trying to go to bed because, you know, five month old, he likes to eat.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love that. You've come so far. I'm so excited for you. Just seeing like the transformation that you've been able to really, you do it yourself. I'm just the one kind of holding space and listening for those things of like, I think that's guilt, or I think that's anxiety. Mm-hmm. You're the one doing all the work, and I'm truly really happy for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are there any other like concepts that have really <clears throat> been
1: transformational for you? Yeah, I think the concept of manifesting things, and then also having those those power moments. Mm-hmm. Is that what you call them? A the power moment? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, you can get deeper into explaining manifesting yeah. on a short yeah. thing if you want to. Yeah, sure. Um, well first tell us what you manifested. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and tell yeah. people how. So as I mentioned before, my third pregnancy was not planned. Um, actually when I got pregnant or when I found out I was pregnant, I cried tears of, I guess, fear or mm-hmm. just tears of this is not what I wanted. Um, and when I was able to come to terms with the pregnancy and to me, I feel like it was a God thing that I got pregnant. He wanted me to be pregnant and I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it. And I am going to have the best pregnancy and the best labor. And I just kept telling myself that every day. Mm -hmm. Now it wasn't without it's, you know, it's pregnancy. So there are going to be challenges here and there, but I didn't feel like I was struggling you know, when it came time to, I was closer to my due date, everyone was saying, oh, are you so ready? Like, you can't wait to pop. I'm like, no, nah, I'm fine. This baby's coming August 8th. <laughs> I Whatever. It's fine. And I was like, that's like a week past my due date. But I know it's it's going to be August 8th. It was not August 8th. He actually came on his due date, which oh. I woke up at 430 in the morning and my water had broken. And I was I was almost in shock. I was like, is this happening? Did I actually have one of those pregnancies where the water breaks and you have to go to the hospital? But I took my time. I was like, "Ah, (laughs) we'll be fine. (laughs) I mean, it really was an easy pregnancy. Um, I was tired, but I wasn't having morning sickness. I wasn't having massive headaches or back pain or all of those horror stories that I honestly had with my first two pregnancies I said no I want different for myself um so this is happening we are having <laughs> an easy pregnancy yeah and an easy delivery yeah which was amazing yeah well I'm sure part of that was releasing the anxiety <laughs> yes and yeah. I did we release guilt too yes we did yeah before your pregnancy no yeah. I think we re- released it while I was pregnant while you're pregnant yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So how do you manifest something like that? Okay. So the first thing is to be aware of any negative emotions or negative thoughts that could get in your way. So I actually did an episode called manifestation. And if you go back and listen to that episode, I'll go in way depth about how to manifest something, but essentially You have to be in alignment with your goal. And so if your goal is, I want this pregnancy to be easy and effortless and fun the whole time, then when you say that out loud, you're listening to your inner thought dialogue and your emotions. So if there's any thought like, oh, I can't have that, or that'll never happen, or I don't deserve that, then you've just set yourself up to not manifest it. Yet, if you can listen to your thought life and your emotion life and you're like, yeah, sounds good, feels good, then you're going to be able to take the steps to manifest what you want in your life, no
1: matter what it is.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And I think I felt, yeah, I deserve this. Yeah. (laughs) I did it hard the first two times around. We're going easy this time. (laughs) And I was able to go into the delivery room and throughout the pregnancy, I'm like, oh, do I want to get an epidural? Don't want to try to not get one. Then I spoke to a friend and she's like, girl, you can do it, but you need to tell yourself that you can do it. Don't go in wishy-washy. And then I'm like, oh, sounds like I'm manifesting something here. (laughs) (laughs) And I went in and I didn't get an epidural. And that's, people are free from that if they did get an epidural. Mm -hmm. So what works best for you? and my labor was so short compared to the first ones which were 24 hours plus I think I was you know I think it was a 12 hour total but um I just remember having my son Mm -hmm. and you know you push him out and they put him on my chest and I just remember saying hi buddy (laughs) and I say that now, like, that's one of my power moments, because I was so in shock and awe. I was so proud of myself. I get teary up about it right now. I can feel it in my chest. I'm just so, I'm just so happy, for lack of a better word, and thrilled and proud. Honestly, I feel like my cheeks are flushed right now. (laughs) Yeah, you
0: look, um, you look elated. (laughs) Yeah. Blissful. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah.
0: So, and I can see like people can't see you, but you're getting
1: teary-eyed.
0: It's beautiful,
1: and he's the best baby too. You know, he he of course, babies challenges. Um, but he, unless he's hungry or tired, like he's happy. Yeah, and um, so there was, you know, I still have my challenges. It's real life that we have had times where I'm up for two hours because he's crying. Um, but he. It's so nice to really enjoy. Yeah. I feel like I I really enjoy being a mom now. Mm-hmm. Uh more than I ever did before. I think because I don't have that giveaway me down.
0: Yeah. Oh <laughs> don't <make me> <laughs> you're gonna make me cry.
1: Oh man. Um
0: so power moments. I want to mm-hmm. tell people what that means. vashi's experiencing it right now where she's in her mind, going back in time to a moment where she felt elated and blissful and happy and just full of joy, and when she's tapping into that memory, it's literally your whole physiology changed because you were feeling those emotions. And I actually have clients um, anchor those emotions to their body. So if you're feeling happy right now, I'm actually going to just squeeze your earlobe and hold it there you go. So what she's doing right now is she's squeezing her earlobe and she's anchoring happy, joyful, and blissful into her earlobe. So the next time you want to access those emotions, you'll just squeeze your earlobe and it'll flood your body. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? Um, so I do that for clients as well. So I help them elicit that power state. You can do this with any emotion that you want. You can do it with joy, happiness, glee, um, Power, confidence. I run like I run a sales team in, in the coaching company. And so before they go out and do their calls, I have them anchor abundance, confidence, power, and joy. Just so they can when they get on the phone with people, they're not worried about the outcome. It's more just like, no, you're powerful, you're confident, you're joyful, you're excited. Who cares about the outcome? Because they're able to embody those emotions. So Vashti, what are like the, I don't know, what do you want to leave people with as far as everything that you've learned so far? What would be the main takeaway that you want someone to be able to apply to their life? The thing that we talked about that you're like, go do this. This
1: is your inspired action step. Uh, you know, I think throughout working with a life, co- life coach, you learn to go with your first thought. Yeah. And so the first thing that comes to mind is really that concept of the one, three, four communication model. Mm -hmm. I feel like uh, it's brought me so much joy um, in my marriage and in my relationships um, and it's joy and freedom. I feel like I've spoke a lot about freedom today. Mm -hmm. Um, So really, you know, they could even go back and listen to that episode to really get into the, the nitty gritty of that yeah um but the meaning of your communication is the response you get is so it's such a huge concept I feel like if if everyone was able to apply it to their life whether it's work personal relationships family relationships um we would we would see a lot of positive growth absolutely
0: absolutely and Unfortunately, when people get into disagreements, sometimes they can dig in, which is the opposite of the communication model. If you dig in and you're inflexible and the other person has dug in and they're inflexible, what it means is you've missed each other because we can come to a higher agreement at some place if we're willing to re-communicate. So That's just being flexible to ask it in a new way, say it in a new way, um, take responsibility like you did with your sister. That was huge. Yes. Responding differently. Yeah. Responding differently. Um, So to go back and re-listen that episode was communication. And that is the episode that I would highly, highly recommend. It's called how you see the world. So how you see the world is the episode where I go in depth of communication and how our individual perspective comes out in our communication. So you're the only person that sees the world the way that you do. Whoever you're talking to only sees it through their own eyes and it is very easy to miss each other. So when you re-communicate, you give yourself that opportunity to come into agreement. So if you wanna learn more about that, um, go back and listen to how you see the world. Um, thank you so much, Vashti. I'm so glad that you just, I was like, Hey, who wants to be on my podcast? (laughs) You're like me, me, me. And I
1: was like, perfect. I really even, I was like, Oh, there's no way she's even going to choose me. (laughs) And you responded, And I said, really? Are you joking? (laughs) This is a joke.
0: (laughs) No, you totally manifested that. And you put yourself out there and you asked.
1: True. Yes. Because the answer is always no, if you don't ask. So might as well just ask.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. As you just start articulating what you want, it'll start coming your way. So that's great. And that's what I want everyone to walk away with is ask for what you want in life, because why not you and you're worth it and you deserve it. So, all right, everybody, thank you so much for coming to today's episode. Remember, life is a journey and you're in the driver's seat. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Life Coach in Your Pocket. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, or if you're looking to get involved in one of my coaching programs, you can reach me directly at CoachRachelBailey.com. Thanks for listening, I'll see you next week.